Hello guys, I'm Alejandro Farlen. I play for Queen's Park Ranger and you are listening to Hand of Pot. Thank you very much to him for recording uh, that intro. I think with, what with him and uh, Emiliano Tade the other week, we're now able, and Julian Speroni, of course, we're able to say that we are the the Argentine football podcast most listened to by expat Argentine footballers. Um, which, considering we're in a foreign language to them, is is a great honour. I'm sure that all three of them genuinely do listen to us as well. Um, Australian Dan's not here this week. He's gone off to Hong Kong to. Uh, I think just to try and avoid having to do his predictions for the last two two rounds, uh, there will be no Mystic Dan today. Sorry for fans of him. I've probably just killed our listener numbers by about a hundred. Um, but English Dan's here. Hello. We're sitting on his terrace in Cabachito at the moment, and so is Seba. What a pleasure to be on the same show with Alejandro. Yeah. We thought you'd be excited. Yeah. We're sitting on on Dan's terrace, as I say. I'm I'm Sam Kelly, and we're going to start off obviously. Uh, the only starting place possible for us this week is Boca Juniors' uh, title win this this weekend, just gone on Sunday. They didn't have to wait for the result of San Lorenzo Tigre because they managed to beat Banfield 3-0, meaning that for the second time in his career, with the second different club, Julio Cesar Falcioni has won the league in La Bombonera with Boca beating Banfield. This time he was on the right side of the victory. 3-0. Boca and this guy's got an incredible championship record. I think I was talking to a Mexican friend of mine who's a fan of Monterrey who reminded me of this fact. Arviti's finished champions with San Lorenzo. He finished champions with Monterrey in Mexico, with Banfield in 2009, and now Boca in 2011, which yeah. is pretty impressive for any player. Four championships in with four different teams. We have to sign him for Racing. Yeah, I think so. Or if Tony Fernandez is listening, why not QPR? <laughs> <laughs> an Argentine duo there. As we say, Alejandro Forlin is, uh, yeah. is an avid listener, so he should probably get on the phone to Erviti and suggest it, I think. Why not? Why not? Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it is quite something. I, there was somebody else, one of Boca's other players, who, who won the title this weekend, and I think as a result of it has now been a champion in three different countries, but I can't think who it is. I'm sure there, there's somebody in, in Boca's team who's won titles in Mexico and Spain before. Uh, maybe Spain, but I can't think. Um, anyway. But, uh, oh, wait, Svitanich in Ajax, Ajax, Mexico, and yeah. now Boca. Yeah, yeah that's right, Svitanich. Well it's a wonderfully statistical start, I love it. Yeah. yeah. And, and so on the money and, and, and right, uh, in, incisive and, and brilliant at remembering. Listen carefully, because well. these questions are definitely coming to a pub quiz near you. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, at least if you live in Buenos Aires. <laughs> and happen to go to a pub quiz run by any one of us three at any point yeah. <laughs> which being that we don't run pub quizzes would be difficult but anyway you did remind me of uh, a fantastic moment immediately post-match after when, when the TV cameras were going on and grabbing Boca's players and obviously trying to interview them all Riquelme and Falcioni and, and everybody and Somosa having been an absolutely key figure was asked by one of the I can't remember whether it was on Fox Sports or on, on TV Publica right after the game 
they said to him, uh, you've won two titles before, both with Vélez. D- does it feel like it means more winning them in the Boca shirt? And he immediately just went, no. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the same feeling. It's, it's always brilliant to win any title. And it was a fantastic, I thought, demonstration of exactly what we were saying a week or two ago about the, the press here just being obsessed with everything that's Boca or River and that somehow those clubs mean more than any of the other clubs. And I... I love Leandro Somoza a little bit now, just just for <laughs> shooting it down so immediately. They, they ask him uh, the same question. They, they ask Orion the same question. Mm. Uh, he won it with with the Estudiantes before, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes. he would have yeah. done in last. And also San Lorenzo, yeah. he won the league with San Lorenzo. Yeah, I'm so. just thinking. Got a lot of title winners. Yeah. 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 yeah, that yeah. team had a lot of title winners. Yeah, yeah. there, Clemente, Clemente as well, who won yeah. the title with Estudiantes. Yeah. They could really lose. Yeah, and and Orion said the same thing. He's it's just the same feeling as winning it with, with other clubs. Yeah. It probably means more for that journalist asking the question. It yeah. means a lot more for him that Boca won it than, <laughs> than the other teams. But, uh, yeah, it, it was a lot of uh, uh, bias uh, coverage d- throughout the whole season, with uh, especially with Mr. Araujo. Uh, on, on the commentary and all his team, all his team, uh, always uh, on Sunday. Was, for Boca. On Sunday, he was one step away from just starting shouting. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, he was so close. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Boca's first goal went in after ten minutes, scored by Dario Svitanic, and even then, their shout was not goal for Boca. It was goal for Boca Juniors Campeon yeah. <laughs> after ten minutes, which uh, which kind of made me think if Banfield were to somehow come back and win this, it would be the funniest thing ever, just yeah. because of listening yeah. to the commentary as much as anything. To, be, he- to be fair, Araujo has been around for a long, long time, and he did the same when, when River were winning the league I'm in, sure, in, yeah. during the uh, 90s. Yeah. And every time they, they score like what could possibly be the, the title winning mm. uh, goal, he will go like... Yeah. Goal the River Campeon. It's, it's, yeah. That's his style. And, and, and in a way, of course, it's it's not too much different to anybody on British TV, for instance, who if if one side can win the title in in a match, if somebody scores <coughs> for them, the commentator will say that means they'll be you know they'll point out with that yeah. their champions if they can keep this result kind of thing. It's it's not very different to to that really, but it was uh, another very minor <laughs> irritation, yeah. perhaps. Though to be yeah. fair, like. I don't know if I just kind of miss things or you guys have a different opinion, but I thought the the kind of title celebrations were were pretty muted compared to what they usually are. And I I had the misfortune on Sunday of passing by the Obelisco <laughs> once all the Boca Boca celebrations were going, which yeah, it was a very big ma- miscalculation on my part, and you know, <laughs> pretty much wanted to kill myself. But it, you know, everyone was happy. River Plate were getting a bit of a rollicking. But, you know, I've seen a lot wilder celebrations at the Obelisco, and yeah. it was fairly muted, I think, because it was just so obvious from about the 10th round, it was like, finally, mm. you know, probably just a relief to get it over with, they've actually yeah. got the title. The Obelisco, for those who've neither been to Buenos Aires nor have a, a Buenos Aires guidebook, um, is a giant sort of phallic structure in the very city centre of Buenos Aires, which is where most of the, the fans of whatever club go to celebrate uh, title wins. It's where Argentina's national team fans go to celebrate after the, the national side winning game and so on. So it's quite a gathering point that, that Dan yeah. was... It, it also happens to be the intersection of, what, three different subte lines and, yeah. uh, on the Buenos Aires uh, metro system. He's erected... In the middle of it, stands pretty high. and Corrientes. Yeah. It's <clears throat> interesting to see if anyone's ever here, and I think it's 
World AIDS Day because they wrap it in a giant red condom. They didn't do yeah. that this year, though. They did, I, they I was told, and I went down there with my camera to find it. <laughs> it wasn't so, you know, mm. it wasn't there. It was very irritating. Um, anyway, we, we've we've done our normal bit of slacking Bocker off a little bit, but I, I think we should um, also just talk about them as title winners because I think that they're, as we mentioned last week, perhaps not the most exciting team to watch even in this championship, but certainly worthy winners, even if it is only because of the, the relative mediocrity of the rest of the league. Um, I've already mentioned that for me, Samosa was a really key player. Guys, do you have perhaps two other players that you, you pick out as being I think you have to, uh, for me, you have to point to Ischiavi. He came in this year, he's 38 years old, 39 I believe in a month, but he came into a team that they were never a disaster at the back, but they were never particularly strong either. They gave away a lot of stupid goals the two seasons before, and you know they were pretty much average defence. And he just kind of changed them mainly because of his personality. is such a strong, strong kind of guy, and he just basically took the team by the scruff of the neck and turned them into a formidable defence. What is it? Four goals this season they conceded. Or? Six. Six. Six so far because of the two that Arsenal scored against them oh, yesterday. Of course, yeah. Uh, we should say that since winning the title, Boca have already played. The, there's a midweek round going on as we record, which we're having to miss the last three rounds, uh, three matches off to make sure that we get an episode online prior to the final round. Um, and Boca drew two-two with Arsenal last night, uh, fielding pretty much a full-strength side yeah. actually. Which I was so that, so in that one game, we can say they conceded half as many goals as they had the whole season before in the yeah. 17 games, and they were noticeably more relaxed than they have. Yeah, been, I can imagine. Uh, obviously, having already won the title. Yeah. So that's, I think, yeah, Scavi for me was absolutely key. Yeah, yeah, him, Clemente, the, the, the back four, the entire yeah. back four. But I think uh, with with Schiavi we <clears throat> we can say he's. He's not a bad player by any means. He's no. he's a, he's he's old, he's low, yeah. and the fact that he is one of the standout players yeah. in this tournament goes a long way, explaining what we've been saying about the me- mediocre uh, kind of, yeah. of of level we we've, we've been seeing lately in Argentina. I think Schiavi more than for his football abilities, for. The, the, the experience and the strength in, in spirit that and just the fact he, he knows every single trick in the book kind of yeah, you exactly. watch him at if he's um, marking a particularly good striker or someone dangerous he's like there's no one better at winding someone up he did it last time I remember with uh, Teo Gutierrez mm-hmm. I think he had more than a hand in his sending off because all the game it was kind of these shoves these little words in the ear and yeah, we'll someone really like that kind of uh, talented but hot headed player like he can just wind them up so they yeah. want to kill him more than I'd, I'd love to see Rolando Schiavi have to do a marking job on Luis Suarez. I think uh, I'd give both of them about five minutes before getting sent yeah. off. <laughs> yeah, and Schiavi also scored a couple of very important goals for yeah, Boca. Penalties, yeah. uh, he won he won the game against Independiente away yeah. early on, uh, near the end. Yeah. He netted the penalty against Code Cruz yeah. in the uh, week yeah. before, yeah. He also missed a crucial penalty before <coughs> against Vélez. Exactly. Yeah, the difference they ended up having in, in, in the standings. I think it was really well, des- uh, really deserved, and, and there was no no other team better than them. And, yeah, we've been saying, and the other we've thing been is regarding that difference as well. They could. They're, they're currently uh, nine points clear of Racing, who are second. Um, depending on results this weekend, obviously they could finish more than that. And nine points is the current short championship record. For distance mm. between champions and, and second place sides, so Boca could beat that record. And also they I could still, if, yeah. if they keep a clean sheet in their last match, they could be the the um, short championship 
champions who've conceded the fewest goals because Vélez currently have that record with seven and Boca currently on six conceded. With our friend, the friend of Hannah Pod, uh, José Luis Chilever in goal. Yeah, mm. yeah. Good absolutely. friend of Hannah Pod, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but but they won't, even if they don't lose in the last round, they won't be the first undefeated champions. Mm. They have been a few... Uh, a few examples of that River Plate San Lorenzo, Lorenzo, Lorenzo doing it twice what's yeah. the points record out of interest for a 19 game short season because oh. they're on 40 now I believe so they could potentially get to 43 I think that record belongs to San Lorenzo when they won the league with uh, yeah. Manuel Pellegrini as manager uh, they won something like 10 games in a row yeah. and, and, and they won a, a few more they went they went all the way and they feel mm. it I, I believe and I think that 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 team won a, a yeah. few more matches, but I don't have the yeah. figures right now with me. So, would you be able to say what kind of era this was in? That was it. Oh, this, this was in what 2001, yeah. 2002. Yeah, okay. yeah around that. Yeah, last but two or three championships. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they were they were fantastic. Yeah. They were fant- fantastic side to watch. Uh, yeah, and then Pellegrini's career took yeah. took over from took off. Mm. From there. Funnily enough, if we can do some sort of a link, because we'll probably talk about racing anyway. <laughs> I know that it came up in the news this week that um, Gaston Cogorno, who's one of the people running for the presidency of racing, which will be decided in the middle of December, he would love to see Pellegrini as racing manager. I think he said he's the he kind said, of manager he likes, but yeah. I don't think it's realistic that Racing no. could even could even sit on the te- on the same table with Pellegrini no. and say, "Hey, listen, do you want to come here and forget about the the rich uh, chic you have yeah. there?" Well, apparently, he's um, he's under a bit of pressure shake. in Manager after that, yeah, <laughs> yeah shake like, yeah, like a milkshake. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> he's under a bit of pressure in um in Malaga. In Malaga yeah. yeah, but he's gonna he's gonna land a, a, another think so, yeah. top dollar job but in Europe. I think we that's yeah, it'll be it'll be uh, interesting. Anyway. I think I think it was a stupid thing to yeah. say from, from from him to be honest, and uh, yeah, but I don't have the figures with me to to tell you exactly. Yeah, this this team won the league with no. This kind of this amount yeah. of, of points, I don't know. You okay, should, you yeah. should, you shouldn't ask me these questions no. while we are on air. Well, I'd like to put you on the. Uh, yeah, on I, know, the I, know, so. I know. I'll, I'll get you back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do that. And another record, of course, as, as Dan mentioned, we're going to talk about Racing at some point. So why not link it in now? Because the other record that I was thinking could be set would be that Racing could potentially become the most boring to watch team ever to finish in second in a title race. <laughs> That's a very, that sounds like almost a made up statistic that you've done just to have a pop at Racing. It's, to be it's entirely objective. Racing <laughs> sure. um, yeah, has, has not been as entertaining as watching River play in second division. No, that's no, it has, has, true, it has yeah. to be said. Well, they certainly haven't scored as many goals. No. Well, they've um, as many too. But, no. <laughs> but uh, Racing, since our last recording, have played two matches. Now, what did they do at the weekend? Was it a draw? They won. They won at the week. Oh right, yeah. They won two right. 0 against Colón with another two players sent off. Yeah, and which then takes them up to ten for the tournament. And then they won one 0 away to Atlético Rafael. Uh, home, uh, home to Atlético yeah. Rafael. Sorry, you're away at Colón and um, at home. Yeah, yeah, with with a penalty from a man who I think a couple of weeks ago we said might not play for the Racing again, uh, Teo Gutiérrez. Yeah, but to be fair, to faith in the brilliant Colombian. No, player. but to be fair, we I meant after this. The, the apertura was over. I, I didn't, and I think I said it as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting situation with him because I think he heard uh, his chances of moving uh, abroad uh, mm, with all this, with all the, th- the things he did, uh, like criticizing teammates uh, on, a, on, a, on a radio show. I, I, uh, I don't think that's going to hurt them as much as he, I, I don't think 
that at least some European clubs do. I don't think that all European clubs pay much attention or as much attention as they should to what's going on off the pitch. That's it wouldn't surprise me still if Teo still ends up going to, to Spain or Portugal. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised either. But I, I, I think he probably lower his uh, his value. But if the value goes too low, then the rest might sell. And he could potentially end up uh, moving to the second division. <laughs> because uh, one uh, interested club who, who have confirmed their interest is River Plate, or rather Matias Almeida, the River manager, who says that uh, during the summer break he wants Passarella to bring in Gutierrez, which, as I made the point on, on Twitter the other day, uh, he is we, we've already said River yeah. is scoring plenty in the second division. It's um, not, yeah, it's not strong. And, is it, and yeah. if you're Fernando Cabanaki, who's probably going to set a new record this this season for the most number of hat-tricks ever scored in the top two flights of any country ever or something because he's <laughs> getting a hat-trick almost every other week how would you feel if you were him and then your manager says yeah I want to bring in this other striker because he's doing really well in the Primera there's no need at all no um, it doesn't seem like the kind of signing River need to be making no. I think it's more because uh, it's kind of been known that Teo was a fan of River in Colombia mm. he said it when he arrived in Argentina and it's kind of talk in River. They wanted to deflect attention from a particular result they had at the weekend, yeah, which I'm sure we'll get onto later. Uh, yeah, well, and yeah, it's, a, it's a decent tactic, you know. They'll they make the headlines for good reasons rather than bad reasons. And yeah, from that it makes sense. But I, I don't think, think there's any real chance it will happen. I think there will be two two things here. Racing will sell it, in my opinion, or the way I see it. Should only sell it to a team in Europe. Yeah, <laughs> forget about selling it to a rival or. Or to a team in Argentina, mm-hmm. and two and two, where will River get the money to yeah. to buy? Absolutely, yeah, that's And if they have the money, they shouldn't use it on bill. Exactly, we can exactly. But no, so I think it's, yeah. it's a lot of paper talks. And, and what I would say is that I was at the game on Tuesday night, where, uh, as we said, Teo scored um, the one goal in a one nil victory. It was from the penalty spot, and he was substituted maybe with. 15 minutes ago I don't have the luxury of a scoreboard in the stadium so I couldn't say exactly and the way he kind of came off it did have that kind of feeling it was his nice game um, the supporters who have kind of got behind Teo as a reaction to his you know being under pressure from elsewhere were singing you know don't leave Teo don't leave Teo mm-hmm. but he kind of he didn't go straight up to the bench he came off the pitch on the opposite side and walked very very slowly around the goal <laughs> clapping the whole way which had the kind of uh, the flavour of a goodbye, to be honest. Um, you know, I wouldn't put too much stock in it, but it felt like a goodbye. Yeah, he's a top scorer across the the, the entire uh, year, 2011, in Argentina. Was it uh, 11 last season and six this season, I believe? So, yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, so uh, yeah, that stayed. yeah. <laughs> he's going to be if he goes, uh, regardless of my condition as a Racing fan I think it's going to be a, a huge loss for, for the league because he's, he's been quality uh, on the pitch and also very entertaining off, very entertaining off it the pitch. So, but yeah. in the mid to long term perhaps not necessarily as big a loss for Racing as, as you might mm. think with the division that that's been know, the squad recently off the pitch I know from watching Racing even for the last two or three years Decent number nines, decent centre forwards are uh, very hard to come by. Well, that's ones true. that yeah. score goals regularly, score goals every week. I know that Theo well, hasn't exactly hated scored. Ones that actually all of their teammates. I don't think Is it. Worth it. I think it often happens. Like centre forwards are often not the most popular players in the team. They're very egotistic. They think of themselves. They think of their goals. 
I don't think it's necessarily uh, a breaking point that he's not loved by his teammates. As long as they respect him, they respect what he can do in front of goal and they keep passing to him. Like, yeah. I don't think that's as a bigger problem as they make out. It's, it's not the first and it's not going to be the last case of a dressing room completely divided <laughs> in two different or three different groups and a team eventually ended up being successful like Boca with Riquelme and, and, yeah. and Palermo famously winning everything that there was to be won yeah. when they were not talking to each other. The two most important players were not talking to each other but still they, they managed to put their differences behind and that's what, it, what Racing has to do ultimately. Absolutely. And there was a great scene on Tuesday just for a little aside um, when Theo was about to take the penalty because I think we can probably say fairly safely that he's closest to Gio Moreno in the dressing dressing room. And while Theo was taking the penalty, uh, Gio decided not to not to watch it, not to stand near the goal. He went off to the side, knelt down and started praying. Mm-hmm. And he only kind of got up when the roar of the crowd told him that Theo had scored the goal. <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. <laughs> they're, they're both characters. I think the league is better for their presence, yeah. aside from the fact, you know. The... Um the reason that we may sound slightly confused at times about uh, results in the last couple of rounds is that we, we haven't been able to bring Dan's computer up with us to check them, and that we now have had... Uh, oh, oh, we have got it. Oh, yeah, okay. I, did, I took it up. I was asked you. Oh, no, mad. But it's that we have now had uh, Saturday, Sunday... No, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and we're now Thursday. We've now had seven consecutive days of top-flight football being played in Argentina. We have... We've got one tonight. There's a break on Friday, which ah, is when this podcast will be will be being played, and then Saturday, Sunday, Monday will be the end of the season. Um, the reason there've been seven consecutive days is is that the the penultimate round, the 18th round, which is what's finishing off as we record tonight on Thursday, um, is being played in midweek, so that the season can end a week earlier than was originally scheduled. Why the AFA did this, I don't know. It's been very annoying for me because it's meant that I've had seven consecutive nights of deadlines for previewing round 19 for the Hong Kong Jockey Club um, and it, it also meant that uh, Tigre versus San Lorenzo sorry, San Lorenzo versus Tigre um, which was supposed to be played on Friday Friday night um, was it Saturday? Saturday, Saturday, Saturday afternoon, afternoon, sorry yeah, you're right uh, well, which should in fact have been played at the same time as Boca versus Banfield because Tigre were the only other side who could have prevented Boca from winning the title um, but was then scheduled for Saturday afternoon because the Buenos Aires police force said that they couldn't provide policing for the match. It was, in fact, the, 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 the uh, Buenos Aires mayor, uh, Magri, uh, who is opposed to the government, the national government, yeah. and he said, uh, we, we can't guarantee safety, uh, yeah. and this match so cannot yeah. go, go ahead. Well, no, but originally... Because we should it was, say it was as well that one of the complicating factors was... The fact that Boca Juniors had elections on the same well, day. Well, this is what I'm getting on to. Be originally, it was supposed to be Sunday at the same time as Boca. Then the police said we can't provide security for two matches in, in relatively close together in Buenos Aires City at the same time. So San Lorenzo Tigre had to be moved to the Saturday. But Boca, as English Dan says, have presidential elections on Sunday. Um, the incumbent, uh, what's his first name? Jorge. Jorge, thank you. I was going to say you were gone. I knew that was wrong. Jorge Amor Ameal. Um, was standing against Daniel Angelisi and Boca probably more so than anybody else are a kind of uh, club who, who the politicians 
see as, as key almost to their own elections. The reason for this, in large part, is that the current mayor, who Seb has already mentioned, Mauricio Macri, was president of Boca Juniors prior to becoming mayor of Buenos Aires, used his success. He was the president of Boca Juniors when they won the Copa Libertadores, several league titles and so on, uh, became the world champions. Um, and he used his success at Boca to, to get Boca's supporters, who obviously are a huge part of the electorate in the city of Buenos Aires, yeah, um, to, to vote for him. And, and that was, in fact, fairly undisguisedly the reason that he ran for Boca president in the first place. Um, and he was supporting Angelisi, the, the challenger, which obviously meant that the national government were almost obliged to support Amael. Uh, There's another part of that as well, because Amael's son is a Kishnerista, like a follower of Kitchener and he's very involved in, I can't remember the group off the top of my head, but it's like one of these groups. La Campora. La Campora, yeah. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. He's very involved in that, which meant that Amial supposedly has fairly strong links with Kitchener and, okay. and these guys, yeah. I didn't realise that. Yeah. But, but that led to, a, yeah. it led to a big, int- uh, a big fuss between the, the national government, the government of the city, uh, the Policia Federal, who are the national police force, um, the the judges and, and uh, assessors who are overseen by the city government and who have to give San Lorenzo's ground the OK to open on every match day because of the area that San Lorenzo's ground is in. It's surrounded by a, a, a shanty town, essentially. Um, <laughs> which ended up with the ridiculous situation of the AFA, who, of course, uh, as we've discussed before, kind of leaned on and, and have close links with the national government scheduling the match for 5 o'clock on Saturday afternoon, insisting that it was going to go ahead, even though everybody knew that there was going to be a city inspector waiting for everybody when they turned up at the stadium to slap a closed sign on the door and say, you can't come in, which is, of course, what ended up happening. So uh, San Lorenzo Tigre ended up being played on Monday evening, which was supposed to be a a free day of of football. Um, And it, it was a huge relegation clash because of Argentina's alternative relegation table, which doesn't run with the, the year-long table, as we've also discussed before. Um, Tigre, with a win, would have would have gotten very close to San Lorenzo indeed. San Lorenzo is struggling, even though they, they managed to win that one 1-0. So that was a big one. It, it also <laughs> is is uh, a very big clash because it prevented Tigre from really taking the driving seat in, in Copa Libertadores qualification. <laughs> Uh, this is how ridiculous Argentina is. The the Argentine FA it's just, just doesn't seem capable. It's football of for the for the thinking man. I think exactly, it's not yeah. it's not straightforward. You have to put a bit of work into it. Foot, football think. for the yeah. slightly insane man, possibly. Oh well, yeah. Um, why <laughs> they clever as well. If, if there's anybody who knows how to make a league table complicated, it's the AFA because there are three completely different league tables used for the championship, the Continental Cup qualification, and relegation. The upshot of it all for now is that uh, it's slightly annoying that we're having to record before the final matches of the, of the round because at 10 o'clock tonight, or 10 past 10, Tigre are going to play somebody, <laughs> right? And Independiente are going to play somebody else. Independiente, yeah, they don't play each other because they, they no, will do so the next, next week. Um, Tigre, Vélez... Yes. yes, that's Tigre right. Vélez, Tigre and, and Independiente and, uh, are, are playing. Is it, it's not Colón, is it? Someone else, anyway. Colón beat Godoy Cruz. Oh, that's right, yeah. But uh, anyway, if Tigre win tonight against Vélez, then they'll go into the last round level on points with Godoy Cruz, who are currently in the final uh, Copa Libertadores qualification spot, which is fourth place in a table that's taken from the whole of 2011. Um, 
a point a point ahead of Racing or two points ahead of Racing. One point. And uh, and so that yeah, and so those three teams will essentially be playing off. And if Independiente win tonight, they could be in the mix as well. And the final round tie is Independiente Tigre. So we do apologise for having to record before both Independiente and Tigre play their matches. Um, to be fair though, this is a point I'd like to bring up. Do you really think that Tigre want to be in the Libertadores? Well, they won't be. Even if they qualify in fourth place, they won't be allowed to play in the Libertadores because they're currently in a relegation spot. And I don't think they can climb out of the relegation spot. No, I don't spots. think so. No, the, the, the problem here, he gets The, the he problem gets is that if they qualify for the Sudamericana, for the moment they won't be qualified yeah. because the Sudamericana qualification also stops at the end of the Apertura. That's when it's decided. I don't but think they're going to get relegated no, at the end of the are, season. They'd be they allowed to go into the Libertadores because they're in Primera now. I'm sure I've seen people saying they won't. No, because... They, they, this used to be uh, different in a way that it was it was all uh, the Copa Libertadores qualification was all calculated after the clausura when you already knew for sure yeah. which teams were going down, which teams were going to play promotion, and and we already said that teams that do well uh, in in the clausura or the apertura could also do very very bad uh, yeah. or badly in the relegation table because it's mm. a different one, and it counts. The, the points you got from two seasons before, and so Tigre at the moment they are in re, in a relegation zone, but there are still 19 games to be played, and this time the the AFA made it so qualification to Copa Libertadores and Copa Sudamericana were uh, done after the Apertura, which is which half makes, the season, which makes more sense for the Libertadores but less for the Sudamericana. Yeah. Exactly, and yeah, the reason you qualify that they both at once is that. From now on, you won't be able to qualify for both. You, yeah. Some teams play the Libertadores, and then the ones who finish lower play yeah. the Sudamericana. That, that is a that is a good that is a uh, good idea. But uh, the fact that you qualify for Copa Sudamericana a year before it starts, mm. or or no, six months before it starts. Mm. Well, eight, six eight months, months is a months long ago. eight months. It's a it's a long long time for a football club. It, there is a chance the team that qualifies. Uh, or, or a club that qualifies will have a completely different team mm. or a completely different starting eleven yeah. when, when they actually have to play the competition yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an attempt to improve on the previous system because what, one other thing that Seba mentioned was that uh, the previous system finishes off at the Clausura so the, the winners of the Clausura will qualify for the Libertadores that started about seven months later but the other thing was that the winners of the Apertura wouldn't qualify for the following year's Libertadores. They qualify for the following season's Libertadores, which could start up to 14 months after they won the yeah, Apertura. No, it's um, so it's an the new system is an improvement on that, but it's still pretty rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> I blame the. I, I also blame the short tournaments. Uh, I've never been a fan of them, and it will be like awarding a Champions League place to a team that finished uh, first. After the ha- after the first say, half yeah, of yeah, the season, exactly. and then they they could collapse, they could lose well, it would twenty be, matches in yeah. a row or nineteen yeah. in a row. It, it would be like saying right now that Newcastle would be in the Champions exactly. League uh, group stage, yeah. regardless of what happens for the rest of the season. Exactly, yeah, and and then they could be overtaken by Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal, Q- QPR. But yeah, I think it's that's that's uh, part uh, part of the reason why a team could qualify for Copa Libertadores more than a year in advance, and and that is not helping the team, it's not helping the competition, and it's not helping Argentina when it comes to comparing and competing with Brazil, for example, because they do have a proper long season and and they qualify for Copa for Copa Libertadores in December. And the teams that qualify for Copa Libertadores in December are, without a doubt, the best yeah. in Brazil. Like, yes, you got the situation the in Argentina, I think. The one place, because I think otherwise you can say 
a lot of the teams that are up there probably deserve to be there because they've done it over the year. Yeah. And then Boca, of course, they would be there on merit. Villas would be there on merit. So that's not that much. But the one that's really kind of got me puzzled is the fact that Addison Aldis and Andy are going to be there. I think we've mentioned this before course, because yeah. they reached the quarterfinals of the Copa Sudamericana. They were the best uh, Argentine is, yeah. uh, team in the Copa Sudamericana. Actually, the second best team because Vélez yeah. advanced uh, a, a bit further than them. But the rules were that we, uh, or the AFA, was, was going to award a Champions League, or uh, sorry, a Copa Libertadores yeah. place to the best team in the Copa Sudamericana, to the best Argentine team. In the and if you look at the table, uh, at the moment, Arsenal are like seven points behind Godoy Cruz. And yeah. They are assured of a place in, yeah. in. It's not. It's not the proper Copa Libertadores. The quali- yeah. It's the qualifying round, but they have a pretty yeah. good chance of making it. And that is another ridiculous decision. Yeah. And, 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 and the other thing, of course, is that it, it means that the the, uh, the newly promoted sides don't even stand a chance of competing unless they can win the title. Um, they're not going to be able to because they've played half the number of games of anyone else. And okay, their focus is going to be on staying up so they can do without the distraction of the Libertadores yeah. for the second half of their first season in the Primera. But still, they deserve the chance to yeah, yeah. to try and qualify for it. And of course, before they had the chance to qualify for the Sudamericana in their first season, yeah. now even that's not going to be not going to be possible. No, and, and going back to the original question that, that started this uh, debate, yeah. uh, you said. Tigre want to be involved in Copa Libertadores? Probably not. No. They they're gonna have to play uh, the, the Clausura, which will be hard enough for them. They they're gonna have to have a, a sensational campaign yeah. for them to have a chance to yeah. stay up. Although it's a double sword, yeah. No, but the thing is, they couldn't possibly afford to try and lose this couple of matches because these yeah. six points yeah. could be the difference bet- between course, staying yeah. up or or, or yeah. not. And the know? other thing that although yeah, what I was gonna say is. Um, it could also be a double-edged sword. Like one thing that could happen over January is because they have Libertadores football, they might be able to bring in a couple of fairly decent players well, online for the six months because they're in the Libertadores. Well, That's well, one thing that could. What I was about to say is as well, it, it might prevent, say, uh, Carlos Luna or, or Roman Martinez from wanting to leave halfway through the season if, if they've got Libertadores football exactly, to yeah. with as well. That's or Diego Morales, yeah. said about yeah, yeah, the I don't know. I I wouldn't want to be in, in that position because no. you wouldn't want to choose. Yeah. But you're yeah, absolutely exactly. right. They have if, to win the two exactly. games. If, if, I, if, I was a, if I was a Tigre fan or a player or a yeah. manager, I wouldn't want to be playing Copa Libertadores. It's no. a distraction they they, yeah. can, they they can't possibly afford no. at the moment. Um, and yeah, it's, it's it's a f- great thing for a club like Tigre to be playing in the top. Continental competition, yeah. but not at this time. No, so maybe no, we no. could say the, the best case scenario would would be maybe to, uh, to take four points from these last two games and just miss out on the qualification. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and the other thing to to people who who maybe from the European perspective will be listening and thinking that that's something that that lots of sides have a dilemma with if they know they'll be struggling the following season. Do they make the push and try and qualify for for European football the following year, knowing that that the UEFA Cup or the the European Cup are going to be causing extra work, extra travel, more tiredness for their players when they've only got a small squad. But the Libertadores is is as many matches, possibly in fact one more. If you enter straight at the knockout stage, uh, straight at the group stage, it's the same number of matches as, as the Champions League is, except that the final's two legged. So if you if you go all the way, it's one match more than the Champions League, but it's played over. 
five months, <laughs> not over a whole season. So, and and the travel, the distances in travel, obviously in South yeah, America much, compared with Europe, greater, yeah. far far further. The distances, as we've discussed before, re the the South American yeah. qualifiers. You can go the equivalent climate. from London to China. Yeah, to play a game if exactly. you go from Buenos Aires to say to Mexico, Mexico to Guadalajara. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and so it really is something that, that would be a huge distraction for a side with as, a squad as, as small as Tigres is. Um, it, it would cripple their, their yeah. chance potentially. Yeah. Uh, I think they'd probably prefer to finish in a Sudamericana qualification spot while still winning these two last matches, of course, to finish in a Sudamericana qualification spot and then get to play the Sudamericana if they manage to finish outside the relegations yeah. place at the yeah. end of the season. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. It's, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. We shouldn't be talking about things like this, mm. but at the at the same time, it gives us uh, a lot of things to yeah. to talk about. To it's a lot of unknowns all the time. Exactly, and and I mean there there is a website that I recently discovered. It's called Promiedos. It's not. It's, it's a pun intended. Yeah. Like yeah, the radiation called the Promedio, which exactly. is average points average. And there was a newspaper, the Cronica. There is a newspaper, Cronica, who always used to write Promiedos, which means uh, something that gives you fear yeah. or you're afraid of. Like a yeah, miedo, yeah, miedo is, is Spanish for fear. Exactly. Say, yeah. Exactly. So uh, it's it's a clever play of words. So this w- this website promiedos.com.ar uh, uh, gives you the, f- the the whole picture, the full picture. So you have four tables to look at. You have <laughs> the, the current apertura. Then you have the year uh, overall standings uh, for yeah. 2011, counting the clausura uh, from the first semester. So that's the copa qualification. Table. And that's the copa qualification. Then you have the current promedios, uh, like the, the current relegation table. And the fourth one is the what will that table, that relegation standings. That, what would uh, that table look like uh, next season? So it's, uh, it's if, really, if it's really mind boggling. Right now, in other words, with the yeah, same points yeah. one per game. But it gives you it gives you a feeling of like, okay, I know news now. They are bottom of the table. They're doing really badly. But how how bad are they going to be next season? And, and if you look at that table, you realize they're really, really, they're really going to be yeah. favourites to 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 go down next season. And they're, they're going to be in fact New Orleans and I think it was in Banfield or something. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be on very similar season, yeah. points averages to what Tigre started this season with. Yeah. Um, and for okay, it looks like Tigre, uh, Australian Dan's already voiced his opposition to, to this belief that I have. But it, to me, if, if Tigre can keep up what they've done so far in the Clausura, they they can scrape survival, and then they'll have a really terrible season wiped off next season. So if they can mm-hmm. stay up this season, they'll be fine. But yeah. imagining two teams doing that in one season is completely unthinkable especially yeah. the way that, that Newell's have gone in particular 13 without a win now yeah wow. yeah and, and and to finish this point where else in the world you have to look at more than one table mm. I mean <laughs> we're talking about three it's, tables yeah. but three tables you really really if you're a football fan you really really have to follow yeah. it's three tables and, and one team could do uh, very well in one of them and could be one of the worst teams in the other one it's, it's yeah. nonsense I think I don't know I, I dream of the day where, uh, when this, uh, all of this will, will end and we'll have a proper competition, clear for everyone and, and yeah. normal. One, one can, you see, can you see it happening though? Because I know maybe six, seven months ago there was talk of bringing in a full long season. Yeah. Can and you see it happening? 38 teams playing in the top division as well. Though. But before that there was a little yeah, bit yeah. of uh, yeah. movement about it, but it seems to have 
faded away now that Grandon has got his four years more. I fear that there are more chances to have this 38 uh, yeah. team league than to get rid of Romedios and, and yeah. it's terrible, it's depressing. Well, in fact, yeah. the 38 team league came in and relegation for one season at least, was it? And the <laughs> Promedios, in fact, I think would have to be abolished as part of the structure of that league, as it's suggested. But uh, one, one competition in Argentina, at least, that does have a, a more sensible structure, although the Promedios are still there, um, is the Nacional B. Uh, so we're going to uh, I'll play a little bit of music. Hopefully this wind will die down. We apologise if you can hear it. Hopefully just in the background rather than obscuring our voices. But it is and then, this very cool, which yeah. is lovely at this time of year um, and then we will come back and we'll briefly discuss uh, yet again the worst result in River Plate's history <laughs> it's been a few this year right Okay, welcome back. We whilst we've uh, whilst you've been listening to that music, we've moved inside. Uh, we did it in a mere thirty seconds because the music has to play. Um, so hopefully the the wind won't be quite as bad now, and, and the noise will be less. Um, the the B Nacional, the really big story of the weekend, as as it always is, was River Plate's game. Um, I'm I'm not using that as it always is because I'm a River fan. I'm using it because of my despair at the Argentine press ignoring everything else. They were playing away in Corrientes for the first time in 15 years for a competitive game. Um, so the press told us before the game, as, as they always do when River play this season, against Boca Unidos, who are no relation at all to Boca Juniors, but who all the same have caused much mirth in Argentina about the fact that River were going to have to play them instead of proper Boca, as, as the press would like to probably put I think it. just the fact this game, by sheer coincidence, you know, sheer irony, fell on the same weekend as Boca... Yeah. Well, the champions, yeah. Very um, unfortunate for River fans, whoever they may be. Um, River once again recorded the worst result in their history. The the world ends every time River Plate play and, and lose uh, during this season. Um, completely dominated the match. Had roughly 12 shots, I think it was, to Boca Unidos's two or three. Um, but none of their shots went in, thanks largely to a, a really fantastic performance from Gaston Cesar. Former uh, River, Gimnasia, and several other sides. Racing um, goalkeeper, yeah. Um, who, who was out of this. I, I thought he'd, he'd retired. <laughs> I had no idea he was still <laughs> playing. I thought he retired at the end of last season. I thought he was punching ball boys somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. Um, but he, he was absolutely brilliant. Uh, kept everything out there that Kavanaki and Dominguez could, could throw at him. And then with 30 seconds to play, <laughs> um, Boca Unidos, a player who. Again, somewhat ironically, it's named Nunez. Uh, <laughs> and he was a, and he's a River fan, I heard, as well. Yes, yeah, he's, he is a River fan. And, and came up through Boca's youth ranks, right. through Boca Juniors' youth ranks, not Boca Unidos' youth ranks. Um, scored the winner. So Boca Unidos won 1-0 against River. The, the world ended, as I mm-hmm. say. Um, Boca fans were in seventh heaven. Yeah. They absolutely loved it. Yeah, both Boca Juniors and Boca Unidos fans were. Um, but River is still... I've not looked at the table actually yeah. since, but they're still about third. Or they're like, second, no, they are second. Yeah, Instituto at top, yeah. Instituto de Corte, who we're going to mention in a few minutes for another reason entirely. Um, 
And yeah, River might be second actually. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah. Boko Nidos are also right up there. It's not as if River have lost to a side too. No, but Rosario Central, Rosario Central are also equal on points with River. Yeah, um, I really want Central to go go up again. Mm. I think well, well, Santa Fe derby is uh, Rosario derby yeah. even, yeah, which is last, played in the province of Santa Fe. If, if they go up this season, it could yeah. last only one year <laughs> because news are certainly going down. Yeah, mm. or it looks as if. Um, no, but the, the thing I enjoyed was a friend of mine, Boca Junior supporter, on Twitter he said, I must have done something really, really good in my previous life because <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe how happy football is making me these days. River relegated, Boca champions and, and all the things that happened with River. And I mean, if you, if you start counting from the year 1998, mm. it has all been great things for, for Boca. Yeah. And uh, not so much for River. A couple of decent stop. moments for Boca, yeah. but uh, River even, yeah, uh, yeah. very exactly. Yeah, it wasn't the it wasn't the same when I was growing up. I mean, no. uh, Boca were really, really at a lowest point in the early eighties. Which even then never involved Boca going out to the second division. No, it, it, but but they were on really on the verge of of getting relegated really? early early know. on. Okay. Yeah, um, I think it was right before or uh, just a bit after. Uh, Boca won in '82 with Maradona. Uh, mm-hmm. Won the league in '82 with Maradona. I think it was a, a bit before that, and then they were close to going back bankrupt as well. Um, the Promedios then came along to help River, but also help uh, Boca inevitably. Um, but yeah, and, and at the same time, River were on the up. Yeah. They won Copa Libertadores in '86. Francesco Lee yeah, and Alonso, yeah, yeah. exactly. And then the River with Crespo, Ortega, Cachardo, yeah, yeah. all these players. Yeah. When the short tournament started, River was the main force. They, they were yeah. the main force, and I don't know if they have half of their 33 titles or or 34 were won I, I don't during think the short tournaments. I don't think it's quite that, but I think I think River have actually only won. Number. They've won more short titles than anyone else, as well as more league titles. But I think that their advantage in the short tournaments over Boca is only about one or two, actually. Because it reduced, but it reduced uh, yeah. lately uh, in recent years. But before that, it was mm. just a massive difference, and, and River were winning the league <laughs> every every time. Although uh, Boca count the the ninety one Apertura. Oh yeah. Um, we, yeah. we should mention now that the the, the short championships started officially in, in nineteen ninety two. That was the first time that the the winners of a short championship in the Apertura became the champions of Argentina. But they'd started a year before that, in 1991-92, there was an Apertura and a Clausura, and the winners of the two played off at the end of the Clausura to decide the championship. Boca won the Apertura and then lost the playoff on penalties to the Clausura winners, who were Newells. Um, but according to Boca, this, this championship they won this weekend was their 51st, because they count the 91 Apertura. They also, <laughs> count, they also count the Copa Masters, which was played <laughs> in 92, <laughs> uh, and it was played amongst, uh, or, yeah, among, uh, or between... Or by the winners of the Supercopa Sudamericana, which was in itself the Super Cup as well. Uh, so itself, <laughs> yeah, it was like the super. Let's try and, and recap. <laughs> Every Copa Libertadores winner uh, winner were perennially uh, getting into this Supercopa Sudamericana, which started in '88, and then after four years of the Supercopa Sudamericana era, uh, the winners of that uh, of that tournament played. Uh, this Copa Masters in '92, which wasn't really <laughs> very official, and uh, well, Boca won it, 
and they say it was an official title mm. as they claim the 1925 season um, was too because uh, this was what Boca did yeah, they, they, they went no 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 they, they went to um, Europe yeah. on a tour uh, they played several teams in Europe yeah and then when they came back was it was such a massive and popular uh, trip that they had they became the most popular team in Argentina uh, because of that uh, tour of Europe, they even took a couple of players from different teams. They they just joined Boca mm. just to go on tour. They play in several um, countries in Europe. They did fantastically well. And when they came back, the AFA gave them the title of honorary champions because they. <laughs> <laughs> and that is another of the fifty-one titles they are they are uh, counting. This, this the, the fifty-one, of course, is why if anybody was watching uh, on a link or on TV in your country. Um, watching Boca's game on Sunday is why Boca's players all put on shirts with the number 51 on the back. Um, that it, that was uh, something that Nike came up with. Yeah. Uh, there was a, a commercial thing that Nike came up with, and they will probably be selling those shirts with the 51, the number 51. And some people say it should be 48, not 51. Yeah. Uh, Rightly so, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, th this is the kind of thing that what Seb has just told us is, is the kind of thing which is why. Uh, we're planning during this, this summer, which of course for most of our listeners will be this winter, on recording a few podcasts, even though there won't be any actual football taking place. We'd like to take you through some of the history of Argentine football. Um, so if you do have any questions about, you know, any historical questions about different clubs or different eras or whatever, please tweet them to, to myself or to Seba especially, but also to, to Australian Dan or to English Dan. Um, you can send them in an email to me, which you'll find my address on the blog. Um, and we'll do our best to answer them maybe in, I don't know whether December, but certainly in January we'll record a few. Um, the point of this, this section, however, was not originally to laugh at how stupid Boca are for counting championships that ever mm. actually won uh, among their tally, but was to discuss this terrible result that River have had, which I think we kind of covered already. And so now we can move on to the much better result that they had just last night, which, as we record, is Wednesday. Um, they won 1-0 in, in a derby match against Defensores de Belgrano, which was played 1,300 kilometres away in San Juan in the Copa Argentina. Makes perfect sense. Obviously, there's probably about three city blocks between the two clubs. Yeah, 400 metres, right? Yeah, 400 metres, and they play 1,300 kilometres away. And uh, I, I didn't realise as well until afterwards I saw somebody tweet something on Twitter, which made me have a look at the government's mm. official map of the Barrios, and I think Seb has already realised what it was. And I never knew this before. But the, the border between the barrios of Belgrano, which is Defensores' home barrio, in inverted commas, and Nunez, runs along the, the avenida that's right next to River Stadium. Or so River's, River's ground is actually, the Monumental is actually in Belgrano, right. not in Nunez, even though everybody says it's in Nunez. I, mm. I learned this last night. And Defensores de Belgrano's ground is in Nunez. So River are a side who claim to be from Nunez but are actually from Belgrano. And Defensores are a side who claim to be from Belgra Belgrano but are actually from Nunez. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and all of yeah. this. And, um, anyway, River won 1-0 with a Alejandro Dominguez golazo in the first half. And uh, through to the, the, the 16th of final. <laughs> and they play <laughs> the, another the team Bel with Belgrano in its name. And it's uh, Sportivo Belgrano from the city or town of San Francisco in Córdoba uh, uh, and it's another uh, very small team doing well yeah, in, yeah. in Copa Argentina as another example yeah. that we yeah. are going to mention now but you just said the local der derby between River and, Bel and Defensores Belgrano 
and the last time they played, I think it was in 1931 something like or something <laughs> like that, yeah. and Defensores won. Yeah. So there was a lot of uh, things going yeah. on, like, oh, they're going to lose to yeah. this uh, small neighbor, and but they're no. going to keep making Boca Juniors fans happy. <laughs> and I really thought there, there were some arguments for, for River to be afraid, and Ortega, Ariel Ortega, who yeah. is the, I think the modern time after Francesco Lee, the, He's an the idol, biggest idol, idol yeah. for River fans. They absolutely adore him. And he's playing for Defensores de Belgrano now, and he was turning up against River, and yeah. he played a decent game. And, and as um, one of our Twitter friends, Javier Perez1108 on Twitter, uh, sort of pointed out to me during the match, apparently Ortega has played against River four times during his career, every time for Newell's Old Boys, and every one of those four times he scored a goal. So last night was the first time he's ever played against River without scoring, and he was still very impressive. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, and another result that uh, from last night uh, leads us to uh, an incredible story, and it's a club from Catamarca, is yeah, it Catamarca? Catamarca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Atlético Policial, which are nicknamed the same as Boca because they have the same colors. Uh, they they uh, play Chenese, exactly. <laughs> they were one nil down to Instituto. We thought it was a. Uh, to hiding about to take place I'll just interrupt quickly because Instituto of course the top of the, the Nacional B as we mentioned a few minutes ago and uh, uh, Atletico Policial are a side who play in Torneo Argentino B which is the, the regionalised version of Argentina's fourth division yeah. um, so they, there are two full divisions between the two of them and I, and I honestly have to say I've been uh, I was born 34 years ago in this country, and I have never heard yeah. <laughs> heard the name of Atlético Policial mentioned before. I don't think you're alone. Instituto, one of the biggest clubs in in, yeah. in the interior historically, yeah. but not even just in the second division, but including first. And division not, not to make uh, Alejandro Faulin themed uh, hand of pod today, <laughs> but is the the team where Alejandro Faulin was bought from mm. by QPR a couple of seasons ago. I thought you were talking about Policial for a second. No, no, no. <laughs> Instituto, Instituto. And the same t- Instituto is also famous. For for having for having um, Mario Kempes and yeah. Osi Ardiles as the two most uh, famous players. Uh, I, I don't think it would be an exaggeration to say that Instituto uh, are considered a bigger club than some of the sides who are currently in the Primera. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And they were one one nil up, and it all th- we all thought they were going to win it. Mm. Unfortunately, we didn't have uh, TV coverage of that. Mm. But then when the news were coming. Uh, I was re- reading on Twitter and they said, oh, Atletico Policial score. And I said, well, the pro- uh, that was probably a fluke, uh, fluky goal and, and Instituto are, gon- are going to recover. And then a second for Atletico Policial and then a third and then a fourth. And it, it ended 4-1 and it was, I think it was the most surprising result so far in the Copa Argentina. Even though we saw some uh, big teams falling to lower or smaller opposition, they mostly fell on penalties or, or yeah. went out on, on penalties and this this was a <laughs> it was a, this was a disaster for for Instituto and, and the story about Atletico Policial that you are not going to tell us yeah it, it brings up another story which uh, the, the Copa Argentina um, I, I think of every media enterprise in the world Hand of Pod is probably the one that, that does the most to promote the Copa Argentina because it's barely mentioned actually inside Argentina 
Um, but they do have a, a fairly, sometimes fairly dull, but sometimes fairly interesting uh, newsletter that the official, the organising body send out to, to people who subscribe. They send about three every day, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and it had a, today's had a, had a really nice story about uh, Policial after their, their victory, and it was like a biography, a, a potted miniature biography in, in a couple of hundred words of Policial's um, president, whose, whose name I've unfortunately forgotten now. I'll try to put it up on the blog. Um, and he, he was orphaned at the age of six, ended up sort of sleeping rough on the streets as a kid and, and being one of these street urchins who anybody who's, who's travelled in Argentina will, will know, um, having to steal to, to be able to survive, basically, to, to, to be able to feed himself. He, he, he would steal from people um, and, and try and mug them. And I think it's, just, it's fantastically ironic that he's now president of a club who are named Club Atletico Police. <laughs> when... Uh, <laughs> when he had that level of, uh, you know, that, that kind of life. And then later on, um, started working for a, a bus company in, in Catamarca um, and graduated from there to, to actually buy his own bus and is now the owner of, as well as being the president of, of Club Atletico Policial, is also the owner of the largest public transport company in the province, um, which I think is fantastic. It, it's, yeah, it's a heartwarming It's a refreshing text. story, yeah. Uh, yeah. We, like, we like the little, little guy comes good stories absolutely yeah. one day Disney will make a film about this man's life yeah and based on <laughs> on last night result uh, they were trigger happy <laughs> <laughs> Gatillo fashion just like the Argentine police <laughs> yeah exactly superb <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, uh, yeah. um, we've probably covered our remit on, on this week's Hand of Pod by now um, as well as which English Dan has to go downstairs and uh, switch the television on because the Copa Sudamericana final which he's working for is starting any minute so we shall, we'll say goodbye we're going to have another podcast online obviously next week to look back over some of our favourite moments of the season and then as we say we'll hopefully in January in the new year we'll, we'll try and get a couple of pods online um, during the off season talking about some of the history and, and culture of Argentine football rather than just the day to day what's going on in the league this week are we going to embarrass Ozzy Dan again in his absence by doing the table uh, we could do yeah I think uh, I think it'd be quite funny to just you know because yeah. he won't have a chance to defend himself it, it could be quite entertaining that's what we do that's yeah. what yeah. we do best we like to we, kick yeah. people while they're down which we, is why we always talk about River we've obviously missed these <laughs> thank you we've obviously missed these last two weeks of predictions from Ozzy Dan and he missed uh, one or two during the season as well but I'll try and, and come up with a composite kind of points average table perhaps to compare with the actual thing it'll be I a fifth th- table it'll be nice yeah, yeah. fifth and sixth table <laughs> I think Dan will get more uh, scores right, uh, right this week yeah now, that he's not doing the predictions. I think uh, I probably would have tried the week off. So I'm doing terribly with my Hong Kong ones just oh. recently. I think I got about two out of ten the other week. And uh, talking about Hong Kong, and we know Dan is, is there. Is it true he went uh, for a trial on the police, the, the Hong Kong police uh, football club? Or I, I think, yeah. I, I heard rumours about that. Yeah. Maybe cricket. Maybe he's playing Maybe. cricket. Yeah. Um, so everybody, we'll we'll say goodbye for now. Um, Seba. Bueno, hasta luego. Gracias por escuchar. Gracias, Alejandro, por la intro y espero que te haya gustado el programa. Abrazo. Seba will be doing his in, in Spanish a little bit each week for those of you who are learning to practice your listening. Uh, English now. Thank you for listening and good night. And from me, thank you. Have a pleasant few days until our next one. I don't think it'll be a week. And goodbye for now. Mm-hmm.